Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody, and welcome into a Thursday edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast presented by DraftKings. I am your host, Julian Edlow, our co-host, Steve Buchanan, alongside with me. And if you happen to be watching on YouTube, you will see that the third man in our three-man booth is none other than Dave Sherpan. You can find him on Twitter at Sportsbook Consigliers, at SportsBKConsig. Um, the man is a, a veteran odds maker. He's been around doing this for a while. Uh, he has the Cash Considerations Betting podcast um, that you can find him on. And this is not the only DraftKings podcast that you can find him on. Um, right. As you may know, I do the Game Within the Game podcast presented by DraftKings with Brad Howe on Thursdays. And Dave is the guest on that exact podcast on, on Mondays. So we know each other from that and have a little bit of uh, banter. But now he's coming on to uh, yet another DraftKings podcast. So, Dave, welcome into Unreasonable Odds, man. Thank you, boys. Very happy to be here. Um, I think this is the only the first or second time we've ever done anything in person, Jules. And yeah. I told you before we started, this beard looks amazing. And, and and Steve's got this thing working in the background. I feel a little bit underdressed. I don't have any drafting <laughs> stuff. So, you know, we'll see what we can do about that. But I'm, I'm happy to be here. We we don't have dress codes on unreasonable odds. Um, and facial hair compliments are always appreciated. <laughs> um, conveniently enough, the only you're right. We only we have only other done. Uh, we have only done one other show together. It was the game within the game with Brad and um those were weird times. That was over the summer. I gave out a hockey winner on that wow. podcast. Hockey, guy, hockey winner on the Tampa Bay Lightning closing out the, the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now it's football season. We don't have to talk about hockey. We don't have to talk about <laughs> basketball. We don't have to talk about baseball. We definitely don't have to talk about any, uh, I already mentioned hockey, soccer. You said the <laughs> only rule, no soccer. We definitely no won't soccer. be doing that Please. Um, ever on Unreasonable Odds. <laughs> Uh, but we will get into a whole bunch of other stuff. But before we get to the week two NFL board and touch on a couple of college football games, we have to play a game called Know You Better. And you mm -hmm. are the perfect person to do that with because you have been around setting odds and in Las Vegas and all over the globe, really, yep. for a long time. So yep. starting, nothing to do with setting odds, starting with your career as a, a sports better. This, I don't need a number amount. This doesn't even have to be your biggest win. Right. This just is your favorite win in your sports betting career. So there were two 
and they were probably for both uncomfortable amounts of money. I like to call it that. That's just an un- <laughs> sure. just one of those things back in the day when you're young and sometimes it's uncomfortable, just, you know, 50 bucks when you ain't got, when you got 20 in your pocket, but ben both ben. of these were uncomfortable bets that both came in Tennessee with T Martin won a bowl game and they were down and I believe they weren't going to win and they came back and won. And I was in my parents' basement singing Rocky top by myself screaming. And my mother yelled down, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'll tell you later. And I was so excited because I was going to go pick up a little bit more uncomfortable amount of money. So that was number one. Number two was game three, Stanley cup, Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton against the Carolina hurricanes living in Vegas flew there with one of my best friends at the golden nugget worked at the nugget. He knew somebody who knew a guy said, you want to go to the game? I said, absolutely. We're going to the game before we left. I hit a machine walking to the sports book because I was trying to break change for the hundred and the change. I hit the thing. I took it all embedded on Edmonton went to the game and the Oilers won for nothing. It was one of the best bets I ever made. The line was only minus 120 and it paid for the entire trip when I came back. So those are my two biggest ones. Yeah, those are always nice ones to hit when you get that whole trip reimbursed basically is yep. what you get. So on that note, what is the worst bad beat that you've endured during your sports betting career? Oh man, so I'm from Pittsburgh and you're born and raised a Steeler fan. I mean, you're wrapped in a terrible towel, uh, you know, in the, in the hospital <laughs> when you're born in the one hospital. So a couple Steeler ones, um, the loss to green Bay in the super bowl against Aaron Rodgers in, in 2011. Um, I had to work and it was sitting there taking green Bay money all day for two weeks, nonstop. And I was holding a 25 to one ticket to win the super bowl on the Steelers. And uh, they lost. So that one, that one hurt. And then the other one, man, was the Tim Tebow game. When Tim Tebow completed that pass and I'm in the book and people are coming up to the window to cash doing the Tebow. I had Denver. I uh, really, this just happened. And I had to sit there for like 45 minutes after that game. As he broke down the field, I was like, I can't even believe this is happening. And then people in the aisle, in the book, down on their knee doing the Tebow, and then coming up, delivering their ticket like this. Hey, you want to cash my ticket? Yeah, sure, buddy. Give it to me now, please. So those two hurt the most. The next week, uh, Steve and I's team, the New England Patriots, was one of the easiest bets that you could possibly make. I don't know what we're going to score. 52-0. Maybe we listen. I got it all back, and then some. <laughs> on the Patriots the next week, that was a good one. I mean, listen, I, the Patriots have terrorized me as a Steeler fan for years. I'm happy to see Brady go, but that was one of the best. Well, you want to talk about wins? We got it all back, and then some that day. Even that a tragedy easy. can have a happy ending. Yes, <laughs> yes, that was easy. That was. I think that was 2011. So that was that point in life for me where yeah. a $50 bet was an uncomfortable bet. Me just out of college, living in a basement apartment in Austin, right. Massachusetts. And I remember I had to hammer the uh, Patriots in that game with the very little money that I had in my pocket. Um, but I didn't have to sweat it. I was at the bar. No sweat. Easy, 
easy tab paid for. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is, I, I like these questions for you a lot. These are ones that we always ask all of our guests, but from like an odds maker perspective, maybe this is a little bit different. What is a certain trend or stat? And we'll keep this to, to football since we're in football season. Okay. A certain trend or a stat that you think is maybe undervalued or that people don't pay attention to that you're always looking for what is this number when when you're trying to to handicap a game or decide where a a number is going to go at the book oh the the teasers have changed so much and now there's i mean i've been calling it this for 20 years in the book a teaser number i mean you you know a game opens seven seven and a half there's almost no move if you're going to keep taking bets on it you just go right to nine and a half like or you go a quick move down to get it under the teaser number because the NFL teasers have so much value and they didn't so much before because the numbers didn't fall so much. There were blowouts, good teams beat bad teams. You were out of it. If you got down three scores, the other team could run the ball and you just ran out of time. And you guys know as Patriots guys, like that comeback in the Super Bowl against the Falcons should have almost been mathematically impossible, but they didn't run the ball and they kept going three and out and giving them more opportunities. So I think that has really changed because now the way the game is officiated, the way the game is played, I mean, you saw what Dallas did on the first Thursday night. They decided we're not going to run the ball after the second series and Dak threw the ball 58 times. There was no way, I mean, just numbers-wise, opportunities-wise, Dallas was going to cover. So it's for sure the teasers and that number and where it's at. And I think, you know, you'll hear a lot of bad advice with this all going legal and different shows and everybody, you know, teasers are bad teasers in the NFL, two team teasers. There's a lot of sharp guys and guys that have been making a living just (laughs) betting two team teasers in the NFL. Those are the ones the books are scared about the most. The unreasonable odds podcast is a huge supporter of two team six point NFL teasers. Steve tries to get greedy with three teamers. I keep it simple. That's it's listen, you can make sense of the three teamer and the numbers that the math sometimes adds up is you just can't do the three teamers where the ties lose. Yeah. I mean this, the, cause that's the trick you get, you can do a three team teaser and you can throw totals in there too. It don't matter, but ties lose and right. ties lose is a bad, bad deal. I mean, you want to tie to push. It's fine. Ties lose. No good. So you actually just kind of mentioned it here too, with, you know, sports betting becoming more relevant, uh, legalized across the country. There's a lot of bad information out there. I mean, Twitter is just a cesspool, uh, usually of bad information. So with that said, what are some trends that you see out in the universe? You can say that you pay no attention to, like, for example, for me, like, I don't care that Russell Wilson has played, played well on Monday night football on prime time. He's like three and zero in that scenario. I couldn't give a crap less about that, but what's one that you see a lot that you just, totally disregard well the the historical stuff is great as far as content you know and stuff like that but i wouldn't make bets based off of that yeah and oh like the 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 different things i mean as far as football the information just about the the sharp money and the square money it drives me nuts, guys, because I've been sitting in books taking bets for, I mean, this goes back offshore 25 years ago. There is no short money. There is no square money. It's all money. And like you guys are doing it, like you're showing the numbers right there. These are our splits. You yeah. guys decide. And yeah. your splits <laughs> may look a hell of a lot different 
then another book splits. Yep. So who's to say that, and I'm calling them parallelograms and rhombuses now because squares and sharps, everybody gets mad. You can't be a square and be sharp. And certainly if you call a sharp a square, those are fighting words. So I just said parallelograms and rhombuses. Those are the groups now. Nobody knows how to say them or spell them, but they're fun. They're fun to say. And nobody gets offended when you, when you use those words. So wherever that money's at, it's still there. It's money. Don't read too much into that. And then, you know, lines move for various reasons. So this, this closing line value argument, that's a whole nother story, but you just can't just take that information and say, well, they said the sharp money's on, you know, the Carolina Panthers. So that's got to be the side. Sharp money loses too. And, and, and so that's all done with me. Perfect example. Week one, week of the underdogs. Yeah. Look at how many underdogs won last week. And that's yeah. a perfect example of it. Yep. Yeah. Well, Dave, my money is on the Carolina Panthers this week. So that is the sharp side. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. What, one more question before we get to the week two board and discuss games like Saints at Panthers. Um, and the only answer that you're not allowed to give for this one, which is the obvious answer that everyone gives, is um, bankroll management. Okay. But with all these states becoming legal, with so many new people getting into sports betting, your best advice outside of responsible bankroll management for new sports bettors getting into this field? Um, I, I tell people there's, there's two things. One, specialize. You don't have to bet every day. So... Find what you like, one, where you want to do research, two, and, and be interested in three, and bet on that. And then two, you got to learn the terms of the, of the deal. Like you have to know what you're betting, whether it's money line, point spread, first half, you know, first quarter, game, like, like really tighten it up and specialize. And two, you got to have outs. I, I mean, I, I really believe that. Like having one place is nice. But having multiple prices, I mean, when you go to buy a car, do you go to one place and just get whatever it is they give you the price? Or do you go look around for a car and compare prices? So those are the two things, Jules, I think, you know, as, as a new better, don't get overwhelmed. I've had people come to the yeah. counter in Vegas for years and they look up at the board and they're like, oh, I want to bet this. What time's the next game start? I'll bet this. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just walked in. You don't even know what you're looking at. Slow down, brother. We got a lot of a lot of things to do. So that that would be it for me. I, I mean, I remember being 22, 23 and being like, all right, I think this team's going to win this game. So we'll bet them. I think this team's going to win this game. I'll bet them. I don't, this isn't about thinking. You can, I can, you can think whoever's going to win whoever's game. Focus in on the games that you have the strong takes on yeah. and put your – whatever i'm not telling you to put massive amounts of money even if you're betting five bucks a game right don't bet five bucks on five different games take 25 bucks and put it on the game that you are confident in oh for sure but you but you you can't just like like you said like you don't want to talk about hockey well you don't have to bet on hockey you know <laughs> no. just because it's on like hey you know the bruins game's coming on i'm gonna bet on no no just watch the game and like look at the line and maybe analyze it and dive into it there's so much I was, as much as we talk about the bad information out there, there's good information out there too. And mm -hmm. if you find it and it's such a cool community, I mean, like people like us doing all these shows and stuff, you can DM people now and reach out and stuff that want to help. 
So I, I think you can find it when you want to find it. Um, you just have to be very selective. Well said, well said. All right, let's take a look at the board for week two. Obviously, I said a uh, big thing last week, ton of underdogs yeah. uh, covering the spread, just winning outright. You know, obviously, uh, there's a lot of that going into uh, this week. This week, though, I don't think there's I don't I'm not feeling too confident about a lot of the underdogs mm. on the board on this one uh, in week two. Uh, what's something that's stuck that's stick, sticking out to you right now? And when you take a quick look at this board over on the DraftKings Sportsbook, there's a lot of, you know, huge favorites on this one, like, you know, Buccaneers, I think over uh, minus 800 over the Falcons. Um, what's something that kind of sticks out to you here in week two? Me or Jules? Uh, you, Dave. Yep. Go ahead, Dave. I cannot believe, again, how many road favorites there are. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the underdogs were good. The home underdogs were real good. And it's happening again. I think I think Osmakers struggled last year to adjust to the fact that away teams really had an advantage without fans in the building. And now they're, they're not – adjusting fast enough in my opinion or they just don't know there's, there's still a lot of unknown so when you're not sure you make the away team three and see where they keep the bets go and i think that's what i'm looking at all right I, i'm far i feel like i'm falling into some road favorites this week, i know which, it's hard yeah, not to which we can we can talk about um let's first before before we go to sunday let's discuss this thursday night football game um real quick that people are going to be watching uh, do you tonight. guys like the thursday night game julian like for the nfl in general you mean or last thursday no just in general like it's it it, it for odds makers it's it's such a different thing and then right. If the matchup isn't a marquee matchup, which let's be honest, Giants Washington is not. The handle's mm-hmm. down. The product doesn't seem like it's what it should be. And it's frustrating because if this game was on Sunday, you would do more business. You have four more days, full days to take bets. Yeah. And I think it's a lot harder to handicap. Am I am I off with that? No, I don't think you're off. Um, it's clearly a worse product but i like it because we get an extra day with a game i like it for the reasons that most people like it like oh an extra day this is a game that i would pay no attention to honestly on sunday and now i'm gonna Mm. watch it uh and a lot of times i do find myself betting it smaller like i do like washington tonight i put a smaller bet on washington i got them at the minus three um you know well is it my strongest conviction play of the week? No, not at all. I just think that that defensive line going at the Giants offensive line um, is going to cause some, some issues uh, and Washington should be able to run the ball. Well, so that's my, you know, and like you said, not as much time to handicap this game. So that's my elementary analysis of this game that I'll make a small investment on. Um, I do have one question for you though, based on what you said. So because people don't have as much time for with this game on Sunday as they do with it being Thursday night, this game actually gets less bets because I would think being the Island game, primetime game. Yeah. We're getting their money in on Thursday night football. It usually it, if it's a good game, like if there's a, just one of the two teams is public, like last Thursday was the opening game and it had Brady and it had the Cowboys. You couldn't ask for a better matchup. It was a monster, but this is now Giants Washington after we saw what we saw. Both teams <laughs> lost. Both teams looked like 
crap. And now we got to figure out is, is Shaq one healthy? Is he not? Is the quarterback going to play? Uh, what's the kid's name for Washington? Uh, Henneke. Henneke. Oh, yeah. Heineke, Henneke, Heineke, whatever his name is. He's playing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people are going to have Heineken's when are watching the kid play. But the total, boys, the total in the game is 40 and a half. Like, yeah. This is the modern day NFL. This looks like an old school total, and I'm leaning under. Like I don't right. know who's going to score. We're going to see a lot of field goals. I think field goal props would be a, a look, you know, to bet over, and touchdowns at a minimum at a premium. So we get a snooze fest on a Thursday, but it's a prime time game, and it's the only game on a Thursday. Is that good or bad? I don't know. As we record this, almost two. Th- at almost 12.30 p.m. Uh, on the East Coast. The number did just go back up to 41 flat on DK Sportsbook. Okay. Um, here's a number for you from Bet Labs. In 2020, there were nine games with a total of 41 or lower. The over went seven and two. Ooh. Wow. New yeah. year, different game. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Just a little number I'm throwing around. I love that. Um. All right, so one of the thing, one of your things, we're not allowed to swear on this podcast, okay. by the way. Very good. But something that you say all the time when we slap all these numbers in a board and see where the money goes is nobody knows crap. Squadoosh. Squadoosh is the word we use publicly. Nobody squadoosh. knows squadoosh. squadoosh. I'm going to write that down. I like that. Um, <laughs> with that said, scrolling through this week two Sunday board, are what lines jump out to you as you know the biggest week one overreactions or the line that's going to move the most between now Thursday afternoon and Sunday kickoff? Um, what is the biggest nobody knows squadoosh line on the board? <laughs> so I'm looking. There's a couple um, that you know we recorded our podcast last night. We talked about these Buffalo at Miami has me so intrigued because they were just playing the Steelers and they ended up closing at six and a half at home and lost. Now they're going to Miami who, I mean, legitimately won a game they probably shouldn't have in new England. And now you're going to give Miami. I mean, the game should be pick. It's going up. I can't explain it. There's sometimes there's just games you can't explain. That's one that don't make any sense to me. Cincinnati at at Chicago, the Bears played the Rams, who I think have top three defense in the NFL. And the Bears got Andy Dalton at quarterback, which, again, I still don't know why. They're just not letting Fields do it. But that number's coming down, and I think it might be pick. You're going to ask the Bengals to win at home against the Vikings. Now we're going to go to Chicago and win a game, I mean, maybe they can, but this feels like this line should be three and let them bet the Bengals, myself, and the Bears win. But maybe I'm missing something. I'm a classic, like, week one to week two. I don't learn nothing in week one. I learned more this week. Yeah. And so I don't want to overreact. And I think in the book, like, a lot of times we used to just be sitting there in the risk room, and you wanted to say something, but you didn't because everybody be looking at you like, what are you talking about? So 
those are the two that immediately jumped out. I'm sure we'll get to a couple more here, but those are the first two in the early session where I'm like, I just don't get it. I'm surprised that the bears are favored. Like I understand that they're at yeah. home, but there's nothing that they showed me in week one. And like you said, perfectly, this, you can't learn a lot in week one. Okay. There's, there's still a lot to be, you know, digested, I guess, over the next couple of weeks. There is nothing that Andy Dalton showed me that they should be two and a half point favorites. Yep. At all. I, like I love everything that Burrow showed last week. Yeah. Like the, the amount of weapons that he has, like the rapport that he has with, the, with their number one pick and chase, like that's thing with Joe Mixon looked good last week. Like yep. those are all positives. The only positive I got out of last week was that David Montgomery looked, looked, looked well, but yeah. if I'm on the side of the Bengals, how much are they going to need to be, or even be able to use David Montgomery? So that almost could be out of the equation once it gets down to the yeah. nitty gritty of it. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm yeah. with you on the Bengals side. <clears throat> no, I just, I, I think that's going to end up being one of the biggest like public sides of all the games, because the line makes no sense. And I've seen this for, for a long time now, two decades, where these lines that don't make sense. I don't know who knows Squadoosh, but sometimes <laughs> you sit there and you take the bets and you go after, you know, you're, you're late in the third quarter and the, the bears are winning by 17 points. And you're like holding that Bengals ticket going, they got me again. They, yeah. they got me again. That's the game. Like I'm looking at all this stuff and I'm going, that's going to be the game. That, that's the game. So I have that same feel for the Patriots at jets at minus five and a half. Mm. I, I don't get it because there's not again, there's nothing that I saw from the Jets that yeah. make me feel like that they can cover five and a half. Like the Patriots, other than a couple of bonehead moves that they made last week near the end to lose, there's no reason why the Patriots aren't stomping on the New York Jets, especially when you have Bill Belichick going against a rookie quarterback, All lifetime against rookie quarterbacks, 21 and six. It's Zach Wilson. Two of, those, was, two of those losses, Mark Sanchez as a Jets rookie QB, <laughs> Gino Smith as a Jets Gino, rookie QB. Gino beat him? Yep, as yep. a rookie. Oh, my gosh. You could have given me a list, Julian, of, of rookie court. And, and, and I would have I never got – I would have lost it all. Whatever the backer was, <laughs> Gino would have put a line right through it. No chance. No, Steve, you're right. Like, this is, a, this is one, though, that – I mean, sometimes they get there. You know, these these heavily bet public sides, especially early. Like last week was such an anomaly for the books yeah. having that great start to the season. Usually weeks one and two, the numbers are still being ironed out. And, you know, things happen that they fit the narratives and everybody bets it. And basically, the, as the book, you give everybody money to play with for the next six weeks. And, you know, and you're good until Halloween. But I agree with you. Like the Jets – he may be good, but it's it, it's a little too much too soon. Yeah. And you see the Patriots' defense is for real. They're going to be better than they were last year. There's guys in spots that weren't there last year. You get Belichick a whole week for this. I think they'll score enough points to cover by a touchdown. I mean, this first number was just wrong. Oddsmakers make mistakes too. They yeah. underestimated the ro- being on the road and at the Jets. The line should have opened four. You know, it should have opened over a field goal and then maybe you'd have got some Jets money. But I, I mean, this thing's going up. It's, it's six. It's going to be six and a half, seven. Like it's going to touch seven at some yeah. point. Now, do you get that Jets money at seven? As the book, you better hope so because ain't nobody taking it on the way up at all. 
All right, this is the game. So this is, you know, normally my my best bet is either a side on the spread or a six point teaser. Um, but you can. So the Patriots Broncos money line parlay is a a better number than teasing them. Yes. Um, it's minus one hundred eight right now on DK Sportsbook, whereas the six point teaser is minus one twenty. Two road favorites. You just said how so many road favorites this week. Road favorites in week two can be tricky. I'm that so I, I'm more concerned about the Patriots, honestly, than than the Broncos, but I just don't I, I don't think the Jets have enough right now with you know the offensive line injury, the Patriots pass rush, the pressure that Carolina got on Wilson. He was running for his life. All all game. All game. 50, game. 51% of his dropbacks, he was under pressure. So now with Becton out for the entire game going against yes. the Patriots front seven, like I, I just can't see it. It's going to be a nightmare for Zach Wilson, even though it's his home debut. And then on the other side, you want to talk about nobody knows Squadoosh. I can't believe I did not bet the Texans plus three. I said, I need oh. to wait last week. I said, let me just see and make sure the Texans oh. aren't tanking. But I, but I, everybody won't like to the Jags. I'm like, no, it's Texans or nothing. Whole, you're going to take a one-win team with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach and make them a week one road favorite? <laughs> I just I call I called it Haley's Comet. I don't know how many times you get to see that thing once every 80 years or something, but I don't know how many. We ain't never going to see Jacksonville laying points on the road again. It's going to be a long time. That was one of my best wagers in years. I, I just I wish we were I on Houston plus three and a half, Houston money line. Houston this, Houston that. I was talking about it all week. I said this. I've been talking about it for three months. Yeah. I couldn't understand the line. I said, I don't care who's playing quarterback. I don't care who's coaching right now. They're new. Like, and being new guys, nobody cares about your pedigree where you were. Right. Get on the sideline and play. Houston got pros too. And and and, and that was a dream. But this, this money line parlay, that's a little hidden secret, Julian, that, that you can I'm share with the listeners. Yeah. You've got to compare the price of the money line parlay with the teaser and take the better price. I yep. mean, if the books got you laying 120, which is still a fair price for a six point teaser, there's some books charging 140 for six yeah. point yeah. teasers. So that's, you know, hats off to DraftKings for that. Um, which you, you said you're more concerned about the Patriots. I, I don't think you got to be concerned about them at all. This may be the dumb game of the week that the Broncos lose like, because this looks so easy. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> it's there's no way they can lose. Say, there's that, no yeah, way that Jacksonville offensive line was awful against Houston. Houston and what the Broncos were able to do and get in there against that four giants offensive line, getting that pressure in there and Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is 22 and three against the spread on the road as a starter. What what are the odds makers thinking? Like, seriously, he does not turn the ball over. It's proven. It's not just like a little sample size. He's done this now over multiple years and over a long time. I would sit in the room and say, I would stand up and say, all right, guys, seriously, I'm going to say Denver minus six. Are any of you going to take Jacksonville? It's dead silence. Right. Well, then it ain't high enough. You got to make it like it should be seven. You want to take the, the Jacksonville. So look pass. ahead here. If you bet this game on DraftKings Sportsbook before week one, it was Denver minus two and a half. <laughs> yeah. well, I know some people that, you know, were able to get that. To get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
that was a good number. Um, but like, seriously, Jacksonville looks like they could be the worst team in the league. They, yeah. This is just going to be that learning year. Don't forget, Peyton Manning went one in fifteen his fr- you know his first year. So this happens. You got a new coach, new quarterback, do everything, and you ain't got the parts. You're right. That offensive line were turnstiles. I mean, you got to hope Lawrence doesn't get hurt at this point. Yeah. So I don't know, Julian. That that looks way too easy. But sometimes easy gets there. So why? So let's put it this way: you're you're you know back at work and you're behind the counter. I know you don't do sharps and and squares, but you see me come up and make my my biggest play of the weekend: the Patriots Broncos money line parlay. What are you thinking? Oh, I'm thinking, uh, like I would I would ask you right at the counter, which one loses? Because I want <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts because I don't think either one does. Like I, right. I, I don't, there's just, I, I look at that and go, that's the free money parlay of the week. That's And sometimes those happen. Like they happen a lot earlier in the season than they do later. Later, this I, stuff gets is hard, true. like week eight on the lines are sharper. Um, crazy things happen. you got teams on bye weeks, you got injuries, you got everybody's fresh right now. And these numbers are still being, like I said, ironed out. So I tell you, good luck. I'll see you um, Sunday night or Monday to cash the ticket. And um, I'll ask you who you like in Detroit and Green Bay, because that's probably when I'm going to see you next. That's it. That's it. Hope so. Hope so. But I will say like those, when you make those like five teamers with the teams that are like minus 500 ish, those are the ones where it's like, I can't tell you who's going to get you, but one's going to get you. Oh yeah. Whereas these ones are the, the two teamers just, Keep it tighter. You're like, maybe one gets you, but I don't think one does. It, it, it keeps it safer. The two-team money line parlays, the two-team six-point teasers are the ones that I feel good about. Yeah, for sure. See, I got to listen to this because I always add a third team to get greedy and get that plus money. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> That's me. That, it, I am that guy. A, he has to get it to plus money. So, like, <laughs> the Bucks, the Bucks get you to plus money, which is – 113. I already looked. I already looked. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you – nobody's going to sit here and tell you the Bucks – are going to lose. So like, they lose. I, yeah, they I can't lose. argue with you. I just minus one Oh eight is, is better than your yeah. standard minus minus one ten on taking a yeah. side. So I, I just have to feel comfortable with it and not get cute. <laughs> yeah. The Bucks ain't losing. You can add that one to it. Too. They're not <laughs> oh, uh, believe oh, me. Believe. Like, let's add the pack. I, 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 I might not say it. I might not say it publicly, but that ticket will be in my hand. Come Sunday, okay? <laughs> That's it. Well, you got one late game. I mean, you get the first two in. Now you can work with it if you want. You can yeah. take, you know, an in- in-game wager on Atlanta and cover the cost of the ticket. You get plus 20. You can get a big middle. All kinds of things can happen there. So 100%. But there's, I'm telling you, there's weeks like this that, as the book, you just hope one wins. You just hope one of the dogs wins to break up something. Yeah. And – there's, that there's was, weeks that you know, the Steelers, you just take That was the Steelers in week one. Oh, the Steelers broke them all up. Yeah. However, actually, however, it broke all those. But when we had – so we have Johnny Avello at, on, on now every Monday. Okay. Um, from DK Sportsbook to talk about, you know, where DK specifically took money. He said that DK – and this is – he said two of the biggest underdog plays. Um, DK Sportsbook lost a lot of money on Steelers' money line. Yes, and Eagles money line. Yes. Because where do we have a lot of betters? Pennsylvania. Big so, place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while while some, the Bills broke up some teasers, uh, Steelers money line was also a big money 
loser for oh, DK Sports Book, a big money maker for betters on DK Sports. Steelers are a brand. I mean, it's 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 a real thing. Yeah. I'm just not saying that because I'm from Pittsburgh and you know been looking and watching games for 50 years. But uh, yeah, it's when the one of the more popular teams is one of the bigger dogs and gets there on the money line, that leaves a mark in the book too because people tie that in with some other stuff. And that's the only one they need to go with a couple favorites or even another couple dogs. I mean, just a, a, an Eagle Steelers PA money line parlay was pretty damn good um, last week. So, yeah, you could you could see that that that's uh, that could happen. It's not the case this week though. The Steelers aren't the, the choice in that game. Um, Steve, you got anything else on the Sunday afternoon before we maybe talk about the big Sunday night game and then shift segments a little bit? Yeah, I just want to get quick thoughts on that 49ers Eagles game. You know, speaking of um, that area, Eagles are uh, 135 on the money line at home, plus three to the 49ers. I'm curious how much that collapsed by the 49ers near the end of that game with the, the Lions. Because were they up 31 at one point? Uh, yeah. Were, yeah, I think that I think it got to 38-10 and then 41-17 maybe. Okay. See, so to me, that was the bigger story than the 49ers, you know, winning that game because they were, had such a massive lead. The Lions, who, you know, everybody is down on. Uh, across the country, Julian, especially, he has been uh, uh, the leader of that parade. I'm with uh, you, Jules. How, how much and do you Campbell, think that... Anthony Lynn clown? <laughs> <laughs> but how much does that does that stick with betters going into this one? That you know, now the 49ers are only three point favorites against an Eagles team who looked very good against the Falcons last week with Jalen Hurts and his rushing ability and against a very bad secondary. And the 49ers are already banged up, they already lost their RB1. And Raheem Mostert, so now they got to go to the well, as they always feels like that running yeah. back. Uh, do you think stuff like that kind of comes into play when people are making these bets? Well, you know, a quick knee jerk reaction, really. Oh, this is the classic. This is the NFL's the best, like what you saw last kind of reaction betting thing there is. I mean, there's games every day in baseball, basketball, hockey. This this week we have a whole week to rehash and talk. And I used to call the book on Sundays. It was like it was like Sunday drivers when they're just out that one day to take their car out and drive. Like there's a lot of novices and a lot of people that are legitimately fans and they yeah. just bet what they saw. And this would be a classic case of that. You know, they saw that comeback and they know the injuries. And so I I I made this game three. I love when the West Coast teams like the Niners go east, yeah. stay east, and go to the next game east. That's a real, They have a really high success rate. When they fly back and forth, the second game of the road trip usually doesn't go as well. But it's a little scary. I, I also don't take a lot from Philadelphia beating Atlanta, maybe sure. beating them the way they did. But I got Atlanta as one of the worst teams in the entire NFC. And – I loved Philly last week, not liked, loved Philly. Also yeah. had them plus the points and plus the, you know, on the money line because just think they're on the upswing. And I mean, I legitimately think they can win that division as crazy as that sounds. If they stay healthy offensively, nobody it line, does not ever sound crazy to say anybody can win the NFC East. Right. Right. <laughs> right. The only one maybe Julian would be the Giants. Like the Giants seem like a real mess yeah. right now, but. You know, they got that Joe Judge guy. Maybe he gets it together. I don't know. 
But this game, this game is interesting because now the market has spoken and it's pretty much painted three. And you're going to see now, like in the book, we used to hate to get to three on Wednesday or Thursday because now getting off of three has ramifications. You can ask Johnny on Monday. How much do you guys like to move off of three on the weekend? Like never. You never <laughs> – once you get to three – you kind of got to sit there and then you move the juice three late 20, three dog 20, like whatever you have to do because you can't get middle. You can't, it's just, it's, it's one of them yeah. things. Some books are really, really risk averse to getting middle. So this thing is sitting three. I, I don't know, Steve, do you have a feel? I mean, like I like Philly again. I'm surprised. I'm surprised at the total. The total's been bet up like four points already. Yeah. I know what did what what did I miss? Like something happened because it seemed like San Francisco got more injuries. They got guys playing, they're throwing in there to play running back and stuff. And like the total went up four points. Did the odds makers just miss that much, or is this a setup? Like they're setting it. To, you know, you bet it up now in the beginning of the week to come back and pound the under. I don't know. I like the Eagles in this one. I think I think they can cover. I, I I absolutely love Jalen Hurts. I love everything that he brings. He's got great poise in the pocket. Like they'll get some pressure on him, but that Eagles offensive line is so much healthier and so much better than it's been in the past years when Carson Wentz was there and he was just constantly under pressure. They don't have that anymore. And Carson Wentz wasn't a guy who was going to be scrambling if need be. Jalen Hurts is that guy. So now you have that strong offensive line in front of him with the ability to scramble. Like I guess the 49ers are a good defensive team, but I, I think Jalen Hurts is just something special. I absolutely love everything he brings with weapons too, Steve. He's right. got weapons now. Yep. Like this, this, this isn't like you know guys just trying to hang on or third string receivers. Like he legitimately has weapons to use. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited for this game. All right. Um, really quick, I do want to touch on Sunday Night Football because mm. it's a big primetime matchup: Chiefs at Ravens. Um, <laughs> Ravens have been a tremendous underdog bet i think they're it's eight and one or nine and one their last however many ats as as an underdog um and then you have a kansas city team this number on kansas city is wild kansas city's last nine regular season games they are eight and one straight up they are one and eight ats bad cover really? winning not covering bad last cover team. nine regular season games so it's the last eight the last half of last season wow and week one of this year eight and one straight up one and eight ATS. Always squeaking by, but not covering the number. Um, wow. I, I'm not like in love with the Chiefs. I think they could be a little bit more of a letdown by Chiefs standards. We're talking like 12 and five and go to the AFC championship game, but right. by their standards. But like, I, you know, I think the Browns could could beat them. I think the Bills could beat them. Um, I, you know, we'll see what the Bills are. The Bills might be 0 2, but. This isn't as much Chiefs love. It's kind of the look ahead line here before week one was one. Mm. Then after the Chiefs game on Monday, before we had seen the Ravens, it was two and a half. Then it closed while the Ravens were playing and losing in Vegas and it reopened three and a half. Now it's taking all Chiefs money and it's four. Like, I know this is this is like the Green Bay side. I bet Green Bay against the Saints and got smashed. I went with 92% of the money. I was airball way wrong. I feel the same way about this game. I want to go where all the money is. I feel like Kansas City is going to actually win and cover a game on the road. 
because of all the holes that Baltimore has to start the season. The offensive line is dinged up. Jackson's weapons are dinged up. They don't have the running backs, which is less important in the NFL because you can plug a guy in. But when you get in this situation where you run all those read options with Jackson getting the chemistry, we saw those fumbles. The ball kept going on the ground Monday night in Vegas. I don't – do you want to tell me – Dave, why the Ravens are going to cover this game? Because this feels like one that feels like the Chiefs, except then the Ravens cover it and take yeah. all the money. Uh, this is one of those classics that I just know from sitting in the book. This is this is Ravens, and this is Ravens easy. Like, I again, when the Saints game moved to Jacksonville, I liked it more. I was leaning Saints at home if it was over a field goal. And then when they moved the game to Jacksonville, I thought, well, that sucks the life out of the building period for both teams i really like the saints i mean and this is classic the team that loses monday night they had to come west now they fly back east and they got a home game they're getting points not only are they getting points there ain't a person on earth that thinks that the chiefs aren't going to win this game there's no one no one thinks that the ravens have a shot at winning the game and this is a sunday night game the book exposure could be gigantic julian gigantic it will be it will be if the favorites click and put it together with these money lines like the books are going to need baltimore for the entire month it could be that big this is a great game and we would just be sitting there going wow all right and you know you're rooting for somebody to break up a couple you know the colts maybe beat the rams maybe the dolphins will beat the the bills but if they all come in and the Patriots win and the Denver wins and it starts to pile up and all the public teams win, you're going to sit there and go, all right, we need, we need the Ravens. And I think it's okay. Like, I think it feels over a field goal feels excessive to me. Um, but under a field goal was easy. If you didn't lay yeah. under a field goal, you knew the game was going up. Even if the Ravens win impressively, what's the line? Two and a half? It's Chiefs' favor. The Chiefs are the best team in the league, perception-wise. And they got the best quarterback in the league, perception-wise, with Mahomes. And everybody bets them. This is not new. They Blindly. bet the Chiefs every week. They just bet them. They're in the teasers. They're in the parlays every single week. I didn't realize it was one and eight against the spread. They've been Jeez. a very bad cover team. That's, very, that's, very bad. The books are pretty happy books about that. Clean. <laughs> the books are cleaning up, but but they are getting through on on the money on line. The money line. Six point teases because they are winning the games. Correct. And like an in game. Oh man, you want right. to talk about it? Like they get down every game, and you got to move that number down, and then you just get the avalanche of in game money on the Chiefs. It, it's painful. This it literally hurts. This game has my brain in a little bit of a pretzel. I got I have Chiefs minus three. I knew what I was doing when I took that, and I knew I can I know I can get out of it if I want to get out of it for sure. And just take Baltimore four. Maybe it's four and a half. Um, then I'm kind of hoping that Baltimore shows up in the first half. And if I can get Chiefs plus money on the money line, I'm going to take the Chiefs at plus money on the money line. You're going to be very busy on Sunday because I think you can do, I think <laughs> I you can do all of this. Pretzel. Yeah, you 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 you're 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 twisted, you're turned, and this is this is what you do, especially when you have that single game. So make sure the kids sleep it. Make sure everything's yes. you know everything's put away. You can actually just sit and focus and do what you have to do. I've done this myself. I've told the kids like I got to watch the game. And they're like, well, you know, can we? I'm like, no, I'm watching the game. <laughs> 
and I got screen set up and they're like, oh, daddy's busy. He's working like so they know so that. Yeah, no, you might be completely down. Well, that's it. always that's always the advantage of being here, because anytime the game's in front of you, I'm working. It's it. Me. I'm that's working. it. Use the right. line. You got it. That's it. it works for me. Works for you. Use it. Do you think what would surprise you guys the most about this game? A blowout? Uh, okay. Or a Ravens win? Like Chiefs blowout or Ravens win? I think a Ravens win. Just because. Wow. But well, but here's the thing Baltimore is so banged up right now. Okay. In multiple areas, multiple areas. So if you take that team, let's just say it's not the Baltimore Ravens. You put that, you put a different team name on there with all the injuries that they have, and they probably should get blown out, right? So I think the more surprising thing here would be a Ravens win. Harbaugh didn't coach very well, I didn't think, on Monday night. He didn't. Expecting him to be better in this game. Um, man, it's tough. Like, what qualify? How many points qualifies as a blowout? Double digits. They got to win by. They got to win by like plus over 10, 13 or more. Thirteen or more. Okay, I was gonna say like if we put the number at two touchdowns, like I would be more surprised if the Chiefs win by fourteen plus than if Baltimore wins. If we put it in that seven to ten range, like I could see the Chiefs winning this by seven to ten and Baltimore not covering, even though it feels like Baltimore has to cover this game. Right. Here's right, like, what I would also say, I'm, too. I'm thinking of the teaser number. That's why. So, like, if we okay. give a seven-point teaser, ten and a half is the number, do the Chiefs win by mm-hmm. 11 or more? I think it's going to be – Teasing Baltimore. A clo- yes, teasing Baltimore up. Yeah. Um, I would be more surprised by that than a Baltimore win. I think the game's going to be close. Now, whether it's within three and a half, six and a half, nine and a half, whatever – I don't think the Chiefs waltz in here and win by double digits that easy. I don't know. I was just going to say, yeah. too, both of these teams on a normal week can beat you in multiple ways. The Ravens can't do that right now. The True. Ravens don't have the ability to do that. Think where the Chiefs do. I think that's also one of the biggest differences right now. All right. We covered that game. A new segment on the show, and we're going to make it a quick segment. Everybody's picking their favorite underdog. This is not just uh, – this doesn't have to be a best bet or anything. You don't have to say you're betting it. But a week two underdog um, that you think has the best chance outright, we're going to say. So you like the points and you like the money line. And I hinted at this one a little bit earlier. I think I know you, you guys might both be on the same page with this one. Um, I'm thinking Eagles. But I am looking at the Carolina Panthers at home with the New Orleans Saints coming off showing everybody just how good they are. Everybody loves the Saints here. Um, after they destroy the Packers, Jameis Winston's going to win MVP, five touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, I got smoked on that game. That was a learning lesson game for me. Um, the look headline here was a pick. I, I got Carolina plus four and a half. I scooped a four and a half. I scooped a nice. four, a four, bought the hook. Um, and got it to four and a half. I, I really think that this Saints team, if we know Jameis Winston and like Sean Payton, uh, the Saints coming into this year were, I think it was two and 12 against the spread in their last seven week one and two games. They obviously won and covered week one this season. They're not good early in the year. The Saints are going to go like this. They don't have any receivers. Um, the defense is falling apart now. Lattimore, best corner, is is going out. They'll get Roby in from the trade, his first game with the team, I think. Um, Panthers at home. I, I 
the overreaction. I think I think the Panthers can get this one. Like it. All right. Like it. Fair Who's enough. next? Um, Dave, you could you you go and then we'll hear from Steve. All right. Well, I mean, I think the Ravens are live to win the game. I really do, um, but we already broke that one down. So I, thought you, I thought you'd be going Baltimore or Philly, two places we already yeah. already hit on. Yeah, so we already hit those, and I and, and I like both of those, but I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins. I oh. I think I think I mean this is one of those games where I'd be sitting in a book all week going Buffalo can't go zero and two, you know I'm I'm taking Buffalo. Yeah, why can't Buffalo go zero and two? Did you see? Yeah. I mean they were. A disorganized mess. It was a very uncharacteristic Buffalo type of game. But them going to Miami in September, the boys have been there. I've been there. It's 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 hot, sticky, nasty. It's different. And the Dolphins <laughs> have been there. Like, like I, I, I just think that this game is going to stay within the number. And when I like a team to stay within the number, I think they can win the game. So I, I, I like Miami. I think they're definitely live to win the game. I think it's going to be one of them ugly games where they're going to muddy it up just like they did against New England, and you watched it as well. Uh, I think that's that's the team that I want to use in this segment, Miami Dolphins. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm still rolling with, with the Eagles in this one. Yeah. Just love what they saw last week. I know it was against yeah. an opponent that they should be beating up on, um, but the 49ers, I think, are, are going to be beatable. If they're relying on Jimmy Garoppolo to have to throw the ball 30-plus times, that's where the problems start creeping in. And that's where I start to worry about the 49ers because we have seen that when he needs to throw and he needs to make a throw, Nine times, well, I'll say eight times out of ten, it doesn't usually work out in the 49ers' favor. So, uh, I like the I really like the Eagles in this one. Surprised that they're, um, uh, three point dogs, and I will, I, I take that one absolutely. All right, there's our, our first uh underdog segment of the NFL season, and now a, another segment that we're going to conclude at least NFL with before Steve takes a nap and Dave and I talk five minutes of college football because Steve yep. doesn't know squadoosh <laughs> about college football. Um, we're going to close with some, close with some best bets. Um, I will, I will start again, I guess, because we already, we already covered it and talked about it. So we don't need to talk about it more. It's a two team money line parlay. It would be a a six point teaser, but the price is better on the money line parlay. Um, so that's how I'm convincing myself that it's not square (laughs) Patriots Broncos road favorites. They are both winning. They are not. This is the same that I gave out on Monday too. We did our look ahead segment. We reserved the right to change our mind. Not changing my mind. The Broncos and Patriots are winning on the road against the Jets and Jaguars. I'm convinced of it. I, I'm convinced too, Julian. If that, if that makes you, you feel any better. It yeah, does it make, me feel, just, it does yeah, make me feel a little bit that, better. I don't know which one's going to lose, but the, I don't think either one is. Um, well, it's not going to be a good day if one does. <laughs> what do I get? One, one game? I get one, one best bet? One best bet. Your strongest conviction on the NFL Week 2 board. Man, this is so hard for me because every time I get one conviction, I go <laughs> one loser and four winners. Like there, there'll yep. be, uh, yeah, I, I, the one I really like the most stinks. So I'll let you have the glory with Denver and New England. I'm going with the Chicago Bears at this wow. point. I am going. I, I, it feels like public dog of the week is the Bengals. I'm going to rely on the Red Rifle return revenge game all of it is working for me give me the bears it might be the only time all season that i take the bears 
But I think they circle the wagons back after facing that difficult Rams team. Stafford coming out party. Now they come home. They go against the Bengals, Burrow, Bears win the game Sunday. That's my game. See, this is how you know we have a, a veteran odds maker, a veteran bookmaker on, on the show here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast when he comes on and gives you uh, Dolphins, Ravens, and Bears. <laughs> God does not mind getting his hands dirty. That's it. That's right. Yeah, I'm just going to roll with Patriots five and a half against the Jets. Jeez, Don't understand right. the Make line. Yeah, don't understand the line. Uh, I'm either going to be extremely happy and not even a sweat, or I'm going to be wondering, you know, how I fell for this trap. But, you know, 51% of his drop back, Zach Wilson was under pressure, took six sacks. Like, we could honestly see um, more of the same with that again in week two with Bill Belichick having a week to prepare for this one. I don't think they're going to get much going offensively at all, which will allow the Patriots to just coast. So uh, five and a half doesn't feel – yeah. What would the number be for you have to for you to have to take the Jets? If I give you a hundred and say you got to take the Jets, like is question. it seven and a half? That probably seven and a half. Mine. Yeah, yeah, probably seven it's, and a half. Yep. It's it's got to be like that's yeah. where this thing this thing's going to seven. Yeah, there's no there's no question, but no doubt that's I always did that in the room, like and say, all right, what number do we have to put it to get one of the rhombuses or the parallelograms to come in? Yep. I think you're right. I think it's seven and a half. So makes perfect sense. All right. Well, I sure hope that's not a trap. Um, <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, all right. Sneaky good little college football slate on, on Saturday. Hey, real quick, real quick. It's at minus six now. Just oh, changed. Right. Just oh. changed. 1 p.m. 1 p.m. on the East Coast. Yep. Oh. Six. oh, boy. Here it goes. It's happening. We know it's, it's moving. Um. <laughs> All right, the two bigger games, um, since we're going to keep this kind of a tight segment, we'll do the two bigger games, and I know one really jumps out to you as a Penn State guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you got an, an off-the-board off the game, you can throw it, throw it out there. But let's start with the afternoon game. Yep. Um, when you see the 11th-ranked team in the country as a 14-plus-point home dog, there is only one answer as to who is coming to town, That's and it. it's Bama. <laughs> I'm, a Bama I'm a Bama guy. I'll admit I'm a square I lay the points with Alabama. I love them. I have an it's Alabama fun. hoodie that I wear on Saturdays because they make me money. I bet them <laughs> futures. Um, I took a minus 125 to win the SEC. Easy. Uh, Georgia's good. Georgia's really good. That's going to be a fun game in Atlanta. I wish I could go down to that game. But going to the Swamp as a two-touchdown favorite now, If I, I don't bet against Alabama. That's a rule of mine. So I I'm don't not, blame you. I'm not going to take Florida. But I don't know if I'm going to take Alabama for the full game. Um, I think the minus 14 could wind up pushing. What I do do is jump on that Alabama first half train, which you see the hook is there. It's at seven and a half on DK Sportsbook. So you're supposed to get scared that they're only going (laughs) to cover the first half by a touchdown. And they always get there. Um, So I'm going Alabama minus seven and a half first half in this game. Um, what What is your take here, Dave? So for years, Alabama first half has been an ATM. I mean, literally a cash cow. We used to just get so frustrated, like, all right, the line is is 18. We got to make the first half 13. And they'll be like, oh, you can't do that. The numbers don't add up. I'm like, again, what is the number that's going to make you bet the other side? Because we got to get somebody to do it because nobody does it. And they cover every time. So 
I think the game, at least you reach a number of 14, 14 and a half. It keeps bouncing a little bit. There's some 15s floating around. Yeah. You're starting to get a little bit of like, hey, this is Florida. This is at Swamp. Like, like, uh, hello. So you're right. I think the pause comes in the full game, but there's no pause yet. I mean, this legitimately, Julian, I would made a, I would have made the first half line eight and a half. And just to give somebody to think about, like, oh, the two-point conversion, it can fall eight. Like, there's no hesitation at yeah. seven and a half, right? I honestly, like, I saw this come out at 15 and a half, and I thought the first half was going to be nine and a half. Right. And I said, as long as it's not 10, 10. I'm going to take Thanks. the first half. So I was prepared to take nine and a half first half. I really don't care. Right. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, that's that's the thinking. when you When you watch Alabama play, I say it all the time. Like, it looks like they're playing a different game. Like, sometimes they just look they look bigger, stronger, faster than almost every opponent that they play. In conference, out of conference, whatever. It takes such a Herculean effort to match their level and then beat them. So, no, man, I'm with you. This is the, this is the middle of the day kind of, you know, SEC game. Alabama's mm-hmm. always – it's, it's a brand. I mean, this is the brand in college football. Every book in the world needs against Alabama every single week, including the first half. But, I mean, the sweatshirts are nice, and everybody – it's fun to say roll tide, so cash the ticket. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I will say I I made – so I bet a half unit on Alabama first half against Miami to open the season because I fell into a little bit of the noise of all the turnover from that ridiculous powerhouse championship team. You got a new quarterback throwing the ball (laughs) that we haven't seen yet. And then I was like – here we go again. Absolute <laughs> throttle city. I should have just bet it the way that I normally bet it. Um, and yeah, so here's my other question. I, I got in. So I, I didn't have any futures at the time because I wanted to see what Alabama looked like. Right. I'm against Miami and said, okay, forget this. I'm taking them plus 220 <laughs> to win it all. Worst number. It was whatever, 250, 260 right. prior to. Um, who, who's the biggest threat on the board? Is it Georgia right there in the SEC? What well, has to be? I mean, we saw what Ohio State was or could be like. That would have been maybe the other one. And I mean, Clemson's going to get right. Like Clemson's going to be fine. They're mm-hmm. going to win the rest of their games, and they're going to get in the playoff. There's not there's not anyone in the ACC that's going to challenge Clemson, especially with that Ohio State loss. Because if they didn't lose that game, then maybe you could make the argument that a spot for Clemson starts to get a little bit dicey. Exactly. Yes. But now with them losing, they have so much to overcome and get back in. And if it's two teams where they're the same record, I mean, scary. If it's Oregon in Ohio state, they're going to give it to Ohio state. But if it's Clemson in Ohio state, it's Clemson. It's it's that simple. So I think those are the only threats. I mean, in the other threats are injuries and, and, and something happening to Alabama and then beating themselves. But, I don't think there's a legitimate threat in the SEC other than Georgia. All right, fair enough. Um, it is the whiteout game at the stadium. Um, yes. Near near and dear to your heart, obviously, a Penn State yes. guy. Um, and it's near and dear to my heart this weekend because I will be investing my money into Penn State <laughs> at home. It sits at minus five, uh, minus five, 105 right now on DK Sportsbook. Ooh. I have no problem. This one's gotten bet down. This is a really good number, and you can get on the alternate line. I don't – not that five is a number that comes into play much, but I'll just do the minus four and a half at minus 115. 
which is close enough to the standard minus 110 for me. Then when you get these weird scores, a five-point game, you, you wind up winning. But I, I'm fine with it at minus five. Um, I think getting it under minus six is, is great. Auburn, number 22 in the nation, 2-0, uh, and oh, whooping up on absolute zero competition so far. Right. Penn State getting juiced, get, just being jacked up for this whiteout game at home, Saturday night primetime game. Having that road test in Wisconsin, getting the win mm. there, this defense, um, does it feel too obvious that to like Penn State here? Because I like Penn State, and the number is coming down. I was not surprised that the number came down. I thought the number was too high. This is mm. what happens when the SEC teams go out of conference, they win. Last yeah. week, Vanderbilt went to Colorado State. And Colorado State was favored by six and a half. One of my best wagers again of last week was that game. I hate that they're coming to Penn State from a competitive standpoint because the season is more fun for me as a Penn State guy the longer they stay undefeated. And they usually had three bunnies to lead in the Big Ten play. 4-0, 5-0, and then they lose to Ohio State or lose to Michigan or lose to Wisconsin. And then you just kind of settle for the fact that you're going to a, a second-tier bowl game and we're good. But that game against Wisconsin where they were dogs and really shouldn't have won that game. I mean, they, they you can't get 92 plays run against you and win. But I took, I took Wisconsin at halftime on the live line. Oh, yeah. I mean, like it was 0-0. Zero, zero. Wisconsin's all I had to do was win the game. I mean, like it was – it was a gift. This may be the carryover of it, that they win the game. I'm a little nervous, but I like the way the line's coming. I love it. Let it come down. I think you guys are five, you're five minus 05. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, it's coming. There's some four and a halfs popping up today. I think the hype train of Auburn and the SEC and things like that, that's what's starting to move the number. Yep. Now, if we get to four, that's the number. That's the all buy-in on Penn State. I, I mean, I really think they can win this game handily because I, I don't know what Auburn's going to bring offensively against that. I, I mean, they have the quarterback and Knicks. I don't think I think Auburn is going to be shook in this game. It's dude. It's so hard to hear the person right next to you in this game. It is a buzz that just never goes away. And if they get any sort of momentum. The offense literally has to go to all silent counts. You can't, it affects the game. The building shakes. It's incredible. So if you haven't been a part of that, which a lot of Auburn guys, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a few returners, but it's a lot of younger guys. You're going to look around. You just played Akron and Alabama state A&M. I think were the two teams they played. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're playing Penn state. Like it's, 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 it's going to be different. So Penn state first half, is another way to attack this game. I like yep. that. Um, and I'm telling you, it's weird. I, I like the under. And I don't want to root for the under. I want to right. root for them to score a bunch of points and put this thing away. But it's 53. Uh, yeah, you guys got 53. 53. It's coming down. I'm telling you right now, if you like the total, if you like under, bet it now because it's going to go down. 52 and a half, 52. Probably by game time, you will see 51. All right, I like it. Scoring first in this type of game is a big deal because, oh, like yeah. you said, the atmosphere. Like if Penn State goes up seven nothing, Auburn's going to have a lot to deal with. If Auburn goes up seven nothing, 
it quiets down a little bit and Auburn doesn't feel as rattled. So uh, scoring first in these type of games, I think is, is huge. You obviously get less value betting on the team that scores first after they score first, but just uh, something to monitor in these big crowd frenzy type of games. But it does remind me of like, you know, we've seen some of these big atmospheres so far in college football, like the Virginia tech game, hosting North Carolina it looked awesome what happened. Virginia Tech came out and killed a ranked team that was a road favorite in that one. Not that Auburn's favored here. The, the home team is favored. But kind of reminds me of that, of just Penn State coming out and taking care of business in their element. I think we really have to – it's hard to value. It's hard to, it's hard to quantify. But we forget what it was like. It's been two years yeah. since you've had a place frenzy like this and fans, 110,000. I'm telling you, it's one of the coolest places I've ever been in any sport to see any game. And they've been waiting for this too. I mean, there's people that have been going to games for 50 years are going to this game and the students have been, you know, that didn't get to go to a game last year. So the hype, the night game, everybody's going to be very lubed up and (laughs) loud and ready to go. It's going to be awesome. Um, Good luck, Auburn. Good luck. I am too. I'll be lubed up. I'm going to have a white shirt on, jumping up and down on my couch. We need video. We need video. Like you said, like we talked (laughs) about for Sunday night football, I'm going to get practice, getting the kid to bed early, 7.30 kickoff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Put them all away. It could get loud. (laughs) (laughs) Only got one to put away, but yeah, it's going to be a good night. Good night on the Edlow couch watching uh, (laughs) some Alabama first half and uh, Penn State. Uh, hopefully rolling over over Auburn in that game. Um, what do we have to do here? Do we have anything to promote, Steve? We have to promote the Unreasonable Odds Twitter handle, oh, at Unreasonable Odd. Um, Is it can, Unreasonable can... Odd with no yeah, S? Yeah, we ran, we ran out of yeah. space, no S. Oh. Okay. But they'll find us. It's all logoed up, branded up. Um, nice. Okay. In my Twitter profile, is maybe Steve has it there, at Julian Edlow, at SBKNN24. And then um, Dave, you know, feel free to promote what you got us uh, at sports BK yep. can sing on yep. Twitter and then just give a quick yep. shout for your podcast that you do as well. Yeah. So uh, we got the cash considerations podcast, which is at cash Consid show. We also have a new one. We started eight in the box, which is uh, out as well. It's a college football right now podcast where we break down eight games. Me and Brad, Howe actually do that. Jules. Ah, so, there you go. Uh, we go rapid fire back and forth, pack it in. It's like running a two minute drill. Try to get in and out in 35, 40 minutes. So it's it's games that you don't really talk about, like this this week, Tulane and Ole Miss made the made the menu. So it's a good look at different things that aren't just the main games. And then every day, Monday through Friday, I'm on uh, Sports Grid uh, and Sirius XM Radio. We do a game called a show called In Game Live. It's from seven to ten Eastern, four to seven Pacific, where basically it's me sitting in a sports book, but I'm in my uh, studio watching the games, talking about the numbers, the lines, and things nice. like that. It's 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 an absolute blast and basically everything that I've been doing for the past 25 years, except I don't have to book the first half of Alabama, and it's a lot more fun that way. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. As always, we'll be back with you next week on Monday to go over the week two reactions and get you ready for week three and then of course every thursday we like to have a guest along just like we had dave appreciate you coming on as Thank always uh, johnny avello on monday and johnny avello on monday that's correct everything we got so much going on i can't even keep track but as always appreciate you watching 
downloading S. Buchanan24 on Twitter. He's at Julian Edlow. We will see you guys next week on Monday. Thank you.